This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Wait, why do we play that song before we start the show? Don't go. We don't want our (laughs) listeners to go, go, go. Stay, stay. We have a great show for you. It's Friday. We're so excited to be here. Uh, I showed up for work today. Michaela Gordon did not. She decided to take the day off. But we've got Shar Jossel filling in our entertainment journalist to my left, looking lovely as always. Thank you. Good morning, AJ. You always show up like ready. Yeah. I like put on jeans. True story, Vanessa. Do I or do I not put on jeans only when Shar's here? Yeah, Friday. Well, so that, wait, that's why what is Shark's that? Here. That's what Sharks here. Okay. What's so? What do you normally wear you if come, you're not wearing jeans? Oh, I'm in athleisure the entire show every day of the okay, week. Except I, for when you show up, I'm like, oh, she's going to do her makeup. She's going to wear a cute mm-hmm, outfit, so I better mm-hmm. put some jeans on because jeans are sort of how he, we here at the Morning Beat like <laughs> let the world know like we're adults today. Like, we're adults. Which, you know what is so funny is when I do the morning beat with Michaela, I come in here looking. I mean, granted, my hair and makeup is going to be, you know, cute for the day. Sure. Because I might grab lunch or or an early breakfast. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in here with Michaela, we're both like in athleisure, spandex, just anything you can. Yes. Trying to look pretty for me, sure. Are you flirting with me, sure? Maybe so, AJ. I mean, I put on, granted, this shirt I got from OWN last night. Oh. I was at an OWN event. What were you there for? Uh, I was for the London and the Oprah Winfrey Network. Yes, I've been doing a lot of work with them lately. Oh, I love that. I did Love and Marriage Huntsville. It was Carlos King and Melody Holt. They're taping the reunion today. Okay. And so I was at a little mixer, and so they gave us a gift bag. And so today I was like, I'll wear my own shirt with my athleisure shorts. Well, you look and cute. some sneakers, but I did wake up, you know, to shower and f- get in full regalia for oh, the God. for the day. I can't remember the last time I showered before work. <laughs> I used to be like that guy that was like, I have to shower first thing every morning. And then I started this job a few years ago, and I was like, does, I'll shower the night before. It wakes me up. <laughs> it does. It does. Listen. And if I shower the night before, I will probably oversleep. That's, That's true, just how you my get body really is. Really comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and you feel you're in the sheets, and you're like, I'm not making nothing dirty. My body's clean. It's like oh, <laughs> the best feeling ever. Yeah. This is a really great feeling during the fall too, because we're kind of getting like like crisp air every now and then. Although it was like 90 degrees yesterday in LA, but when you have those like crisp days in the fall, mm. and then you wash all of your sheets, mm. like think Sunday night, you wash all your laundry on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you take a shower before you go to bed, you watch some like like I don't know. Some, it used to be the wonderful world of Disney when we were kids on uh-huh. Sunday nights. That was a big deal because nobody had Disney back then and we didn't have any money to get the Disney Channel. 
and then you go into your sheets all clean that night and start off your work week the right way. Oh, it's the best. It is, Light especially a in, a, in a cold room. Yes. Ooh. I want to be in Ohio this weekend. I'm going there for a couple days, and uh, it's going to be crisp and cold, and I'm going out to dinner and taking my sister out to dinner. Oh, nice. It's going to be so wonderful. The leaves are turning. Nice. Oh, it's my favorite time of year. Same, To, to same. do that. Uh, well, we do have a great show ahead of us first. Uh, we've got from... Uh, uh, Amber Ferguson joining us to talk about uh, gay men and their sperm donation. Vanessa, what do you got us talking about today? This is pretty wild. Also, we've got Elizabeth Stanton from uh, America's Funniest Animals uh, calling in uh, her new season of America's Funniest Animals that I am actually on. My husband and I are on the premiere episode premieres tomorrow night. Uh, and I think Michaela's in the second or third episode. So it's a family affair on the show. Right now, though, before we get ahead of ourselves, we should do some news on the beat. The Social Security Administration said that applicants can now self-report the sex that best aligns with their gender identity. The policy change, which is part of the agency's equity action plan, is intended to be more inclusive for transgender people, and it follows through on earlier announcement about the shift from March. The equity plan includes a commitment to decrease administrative burdens and ensure people who identify as gender diverse or transgender have options in the Social Security number card application process. Uh, this is according to the agency's acting commissioner. The Social Security Administration now accepts the self-identified sex marker of either male or female, even if the selection differs from what is shown on identity documents such as passports or driver's license. Uh, the agency is also exploring possible future policies and system updates to support an ex-sex designation for applicants whose gender identifies uh, identities do not align with male or female. Mm. Okay, getting rid of the binary. I love it. How about this one? Oh, this is my uh, one of my best friends, alma maters. A Hampton University football player came out publicly as gay, a first for a football player at a HBCU, according to Outsports.com. Um, and uh, Byron Perkins is a Division One defensive back for the Hampton University Pirates. Came out as gay in an Instagram story shared Wednesday. Their team mascot cannot be the Pirates, right? The Pirates? There's so many gay jokes there. Every gay man knows the gay jokes. <laughs> I'm not going to say them. Uh, he said, I've decided that I'm going to make a change and stop running away from myself. I'm gay. Let it be known that this is not a decision or a choice. Yes, this is who I am. This is who I've been. And this is who I'm going to be, Perkins wrote in the story. Uh, while several Division One football players have come out as gay during their college careers, including the College of Idaho's Cy Hicks, Amherst College's Avery Saffold, and Kansas State's Scott France, Perkins is the first to do so at one of the country's 101 HBCUs, uh, according to both Outsports and Perkins. That's a pretty big deal. One of my very best friends, uh, Cornelia Stradwick, she's a comedian. She's fantastic. Yes, she's a, a former yeah. colleague of yes, mine. Yeah, from AfterBuzz. Yes. Years ago, yes. So she um, she was in my wedding party this year, and she is a graduate of Hampton. She's very proud of it. She you know whole... Giselle Bryant is as well from yes, Potomac she is. Housewives. Yes, I know. Well, I don't know that Cornelia claims that one. Yeah. Janelle is messy <laughs> AF this season, as always. Yes. Uh, but pretty exciting stuff. Uh, let's do a little bit of weather. It's a high of 67 in D.C. today, uh, 88 in Austin, Texas, 78 in Denver, 62 in San Francisco. Why? Because it's San Francisco and it's always 62 there. Uh, 80 degrees here in Los Angeles and a balmy 93 in Palm Springs. Yikes. Ew, balmy? Why <sighs> use that adjective? Because it's not true. It's not accurate. It's hot. It's balmy, hot. yuck. I'm going to be in Palm Springs in a couple of weeks for Pride. I can't me wait. shower. I know, right? Oh, they have. Oh, I forgot they do their Pride in the fall. First week in November. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a vibe for us, Char? I do. And in the name of the OWN Network, this one comes from Oprah Winfrey. 
And it's just a little reminder. Oprah says, you get in life what you have the courage to ask for. So another way of saying closed mouths don't get fed. Okay. What's the worst that can be said? No? Come on, Oprah. Okay, so apparently there's this TikTok video that has gone viral. Uh, it's all about... I'm going to say jazzy is the word, because I don't know if I can say this other word. I'm not sure I can say it. <laughs> so I'm going to say jazzy. And if you want to replace the, the A with an I, uh, you'll understand what this first word is. So I'm going to say jazzy jewelry. Okay? This is literally jewelry uh, that is apparently made from male bodily fluids. Why? No, semen is okay. We're allowed to say that word. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the other word, though, Vanessa. No, you have to be anatomically and, like, yeah. textbook correct yeah. over the airways. Jazzy minus the A, This is not the, the Howard I, Stern right? show. <laughs> <laughs> and this is so insane. Uh, there's a TikTok called Trinkets by Amanda Booth, who makes custom jewelry uh, and is selling this jazzy jewelry. And it's exactly what it sounds like. She's making rings, necklaces, bracelets, and they're all made from literal semen no no two million views so far i'm looking at it and you know it looks like it looks cute but it also looks like, i'll say like, that this is what it looks like i'll describe to listeners to me it looks like a lightning bolt but not yellow white instead yeah okay and it's a little you know yeah it could be it's like it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost looks like this necklace looks like you're right it looks like if a lightning bolt and a and candle a, wax a sperm a tadpole a candle wax uh-huh. had a baby. Yes. It, it's pretty. But what? how on earth would you explain to somebody, like, oh, yeah, I love your necklace. And you'd be like, oh, it's semen. Like, you know what, what would this, you, how do you, do, how this do you have that conversation? Is a, this is definitely a gift that I can see Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox okay, doing something. for sure. Courtney and Travis, Blueface and Krishan. Because it reminds me kind of of, remember when Angelina Jolie wore her brother's yeah, blood, blood in a vial yeah. on a necklace? Like, that was so weird. And the Lil Nas X did the blood and the Nikes and got sued by Nike. Yeah. Um, Why'd you just say Little yeah like Uzi that? Vert. Oh yeah, yeah. With his well, that's different. He put the the stone in his forehead. This is something that just seems like it is. I couldn't imagine loving someone this much. Yeah, and, and also, <laughs> where is she getting all of this? Like, where is she getting no, all of is, the, the materials? That is true. To make all we might be watching a Netflix documentary on her in a right. few years. Well, we Robin did, Ban- Banks. We did the story. Remember, I don't think you were here yet, Vanessa. Maybe a year or so ago, we did the story on the girl who is selling her gas in like jars. We did that story too. And she got so sick because she was eating so much oh, like stuff, fiber, the roughage that she had to go to the hospital. But she made like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the first month or two working online doing this. So people have all different types of kinks, honey. There's a market. There's a market for lit- literally. Anything. It's like, is this the new pearl necklace? Is that what this is? Like, this is so forward, so progressive. No. 2022. I mean, in fairness, AJ, this would be one hell of a conversation starter. No, a thousand percent. But I'm judging. A, a thousand. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I did get an answer. Okay, I've, do, I've done some digging while we've been on the air. This this young girl, Amanda, did make it very clear that if uh, you're going to get jewelry made by her, you need to provide your own sample. You provide the semen. How crazy is that? Now, see, would you even trust something like that? I have I to know. ask you, AJ, would you trust, you know, doing your business in a cup and handing it to a to some random woman off the street to make jewelry off of it? Sure. Like, would you trust that? I don't know if that would have something to do well, with, like, maybe a witchcraft. Maybe or not a... to a random woman off the street, Char, but to this very famous <laughs> TikToker, Amanda, maybe. I don't know. Uh, 
It's interesting. It's because, all fun and games till a baby pops up uh-huh. and says, Daddy, where have you been for the past 18 it, years? That part. Well, uh, I've been a necklace <laughs> waiting for you. Uh, yeah, this jewelry sells at, starts at 80 bucks. Which is well, it's affordable. Yeah, it's not it's not expensive. It's not cheap. It's it's there. It's a good sweet spot. Oh, could I say oh. sweet spot about mm. semen jewelry? I can't. Mm. There's so there's I have so many questions. Um, I just want to. What does this process look like? Like, what do you help design it as well? Like, That's you send a in good question. I want does on her TikTok. Does she show her like? Does she show the making of these? Oh necklaces? yeah, it actually gets made into a powder. Actually, oh, made in into a powder and then uh, like melted into like a, a a resin type situation that is then then cast in a mold and made into jewelry all all from your body. Mm, I'm just thinking like, what if you get like a funky bunch, uh-uh. like what Samantha said on Sex in the City, which I won't repeat. Uh-uh. <laughs> Someone comes into your home as a guest. They're staying with you for the weekend, right? Maybe mm-hmm. traveling, a quick little visit. Mm-hmm. What's the rudest thing they could do as your house guest that would make you be like, mm-mm, never doing that again? Um, I'd say not pick up after themselves. Yeah. That would really grind my gears. Not a fan. Not a fan. And uh, I mean, like, you know, like stuff like, yes. just put your plate in the sink. Don't yeah. just leave, you know, like that type thing. Oh, that you're not even really... asking for, like, dishwasher. You're just asking no. for sink. I'm asking for uniformity. Okay. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Don't be coming around my house acting like you don't have home training. I love, <laughs> because this weekend I will be, I'm asking for a reason, because I'm getting on a flight for a quick trip over the weekend to Ohio, and I'm staying with my cousin Lindy. And I cannot wait she lived here in Los Angeles for 20 years, and she and her husband and my two nephews moved back home to Ohio, where we're all from. They're in Columbus now. They have this gorgeous house on a river, and they've been renovating Ooh. it. It's like stunning. Because, of course, there, you can get like a million-dollar house, and it means you're rich. Yeah. You get a million-dollar house here in L.A., it's a starter you're home. You're a shack. That you've got a, it's a fixer-upper. It's a really at, a shack. At the very best, Call right? Call HDTV. Yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I definitely, I think I have really great etiquette just because I'm one of those people, like I'm a, I'm a nurturer. So when people are in my home, this is a story I, I, I don't know if I've told on this show, but when I was a kid, I remember one time going to visit, we had cousins who lived in Toledo, Ohio, which mm. was about an hour and a half, two hours from where we lived. And it was a big treat when we got to go see them for the weekend. Sometimes they would come to our town because our grandmother was there, so they would come see her. And sometimes we would drive up there. And one time we drove up there for the weekend. I was staying with my Uncle Tom and Aunt Margaret. And I get there and I realize I don't have my toothbrush. And I'm probably seven, eight, nine, ten years old. I'm, I was pretty young. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God, Mom told me don't forget to pack your toothbrush. She's going to be so mad. Because my mom tends to be a little high strung sometimes, especially back then. Right? Mm-hmm. And she was a single mother for many years. She was dealing with a lot. And we get there. And I tell my Aunt Marge. And I say... I don't have my toothbrush. She's like, come here. Don't tell your mom. She walks me upstairs and outside of the, their bathroom that we all shared upstairs is like one of those cabinets that has like linens and things like that uh-huh. and like storage. And she has a whole drawer full of toothbrushes and backup things in case somebody forgot something. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, I felt so loved as a little, little boy who was going through like my parents' divorce and a lot of other yeah. things. It's a weird thing that stands out to me as like a moment of security. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. She loved me so much that she thought of me before she even knew she was thinking of me. That's how it made me feel. Mm-hmm. Now, she just probably had some backup toothbrushes. But I say this to say, if you come over to my house and you stay, we love having house guests stay overnight. Michaela's mm-hmm. done it many times. Our friend Alana uh, is going through some stuff right now. We had her come stay over last week. And we have everything. 
I like mm. to put out all the toiletries. I like to make people so feel you're like your own Martha yes, Stewart. Yes, you're standing at the Ritz Carlton. You're yeah, like, you're going to get the experience. You're yeah. going to have a chocolate probably on your pillow. You're going to have a water on your nightstand. Mm-hmm. Like you're getting all those things, right? And I, and I think that when I go stay in other people's homes, I don't take up too much space. I don't, you know, uh, bombard the host with all sorts of questions and expecting to take up all of their time. I don't expect access to their car. I clean up after myself. I do my own. I usually take off all my bedding and put it in the laundry before I leave because I know they're going to have to. Even that. And then I fold up like the blankets and stuff and the pillows and I stack them. Now that I will do. I won't take the bedding off, but I will. Anything that I move because I'm so, I don't know if it's an anxiety thing. I just... I look at myself as like Fellini-esque, like a house cat. Okay. And that, what I mean when I say that, because I know that's confusing to someone, what I mean when I say that is just like, kind of like out of the way, minding my business, Mm -hmm. not making a mess. Mm -hmm. Anything that I do, like if I'm on the couch with the throw blanket, whether it was folded or not, when I got the throw blanket, I'm going to fold it up. You're going to fold it, yeah. Yes, yes. Even if they're the type that like throw it over the corner of a couch and make it look decorative. I can never do that, Because I have a tick. Yeah, I can't. I can't uh, like drape. Drape. Either can I. Yeah. Even my bed. They always say it's supposed to look like it's kind of lived in, but like natural. I'm like, no, everything's folded and perfect. Yeah, can't stand it. Well, now I know that I can invite you over. So if you ever need a place to stay, I'm, I'm going to take you up I'm on a that. Really great. You ho- and Emil. I'm a really great. We're both ho- good hosts. There's always <laughs> lots of wine too. <laughs> Somebody who you look up to. Yes. You're a fan of. Who just turned 80 this month? Also earlier this month. Talking about getting it on with. Yes. Wait, what? So, so earlier this week, The View did a segment where this woman was basically talking about it was like you know just one of those fluff topics. Yeah. And my queen, my leftist Democratic queen. Oh no. <laughs> the one and only Josephine Okuto, aka Joy Behar. Her name had, is Josephine Okuto. Yes. Wow. This is what she had to say. Take a listen. Wouldn't well, be a terrible thing. <laughs> I'm just going to let that ride. I don't know how many of you heard what Joy just said, but I'm going to let it ride. Did she say I've had sex with a few ghosts? She said, I've had sex with a few ghosts and never got pregnant. I never got pregnant. Because Sarah Haynes asked, if you have sex with a ghost, can you get pregnant? See, they were having fun. What kind of... They were having fun. I mean, when you got to sit up and talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Trump all day. That's real. You get a little loopy. This is why The View works, though. Because The View (laughs) is at their best when they have conversations that historically, I think, TV viewers were not used to having women that intelligent on TV. Yeah. Opportunities to talk about politics and and controversial issues. But they can also lighten it up, too. Yeah, of course. I thought that that was hilarious. Sex with a ghost. What does sex with a ghost look like? Like Scary Movie 2. Was that oh, in Scary Movie yeah. 2 that that happened? Was, wait, was it Anna Ferris or Regina Hall who had sex with the ghost? It was neither one of them. It was who one was? of the other characters. I think she had red hair. Oh. It was one of the other characters. Gosh, yeah. those were so good. Those movies were so hilarious. Oh. I remember Regina Hall's character. Uh, Brenda. Brenda. She died <laughs> in one of them. Iconic. She died in one of the films. And then in the very next film, she was just back. And they never, ever referenced why. Like, what happened? She was just there. And I was like, that is so. I think Scary Movie is the first time I saw full frontal male nudity in a movie. Mm, that's hot. I was like in fourth grade. Well, you she... know when he gets, when Sean Wayne's character is in the bathroom and there's a glory hole, which I didn't know that oh, that yeah. was. Oh, yeah. What it, I was like literally like in fourth or fifth was grade. Was that her boyfriend in the series? Yes. Right? And they had the scene. And he scene. was gay. He was, yes. Because he did the football player scene. Yes. And he had to put on football pads. Like, now you get behind me and yeah, she's like yeah. what huh <laughs> i remember being so turned on by that because he's so hot yeah he is and she's so Marlon funny is too oh they all are and, got at, this at different stages too. yes 
I met Marlon last uh, year when he was doing the respect. Uh-huh. You know, he was Aretha's husband, yeah. well, Jennifer Hudson's husband. Mm-hmm. And he just, he's magnetic. But he's a Leo, so I got to stay away from yeah, him. Yeah, I met him at um, when I was on Good Day LA years ago. And he mm. came in in like a purple like windowpane suit and looked so dapper. Yeah. I started wearing turtlenecks with brothers. suits because of him. Re- oh, yeah, that is kind of like his look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. Good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Coming up this hour on the show, are gay men banned from donating sperm? This is an interesting one. I hadn't actually considered this. You know, we talk a lot of times about how members of our community are not able to donate blood. Right. If we've had sex mm-hmm. with a man, if man has had sex with a man in like how many months. Mm-hmm. And that's been a, a contentious point for a long time, going back to the HIV AIDS epidemic in the 1980s. And that's still like like the law of the land. And, yeah, know. it's a it's definitely a gross stigma. I, I learned about that in college. So stupid. So, so outdated. Like we have the science and technology to know better now and to test. Yeah. Um, also, though, could it be affecting those who are making sperm donations? We're actually sharing a story of a young man um, who says that exact thing happened. Um, and we're going to be joined by uh, a woman who wrote about it in the Washington Post in this hour. Coming up in about 15 minutes. And also this hour, we've got Red, White, and Q. As a national don't say gay bill is now uh, potential, right? We've got the midterms coming yeah. up, and and Democrats and Republicans are making it very clear, like what their plans are. You know, Joe and Biden we knew this was coming, of course. But Joe, I didn't think they would do it before the midterms because this isn't popular. The don't say gay it's, bill isn't popular nationally. Just so, like there's so many, you know, anti-trans things. It's not mm-hmm. popular. That's why, you know, Republicans it, don't have. It gets the base out. It gets the base gets out. The but it's like, what vote. are y'all running on? Yeah, what is it? Like, just you're going to take things away from people. Yep. That's it. The hatred and oppression of other groups. A that is literally percent. their platform. It, it really, really <laughs> is. While Joe Biden is saying uh, he's he's got a 10 point jump in the polls, by the way. He's doing OK, oh, kind of right now. Um, but Joe Biden saying, listen, give me two more senators and let us hold the house and I will co- codify uh, abortion rights for women. And that's a big deal. A lot of women like- Should have done it years ago. I know. Why don't we do these things when it feels like, do you know what I mean? Like, why not 
when you had because Barack Obama to had be fair the chance had to do it had a, a super majority in the Senate yeah. for a while for a couple of years filibuster proof everything and didn't do it and I don't understand yeah. why uh, Barack Obama's getting dragged by some people right now for he's doing too little dragged. too late I'm he, like ah. he's always getting dragged I, people are always going to have strong political opinions because it is one of those things where you all you know they platform and make these promises and you want to believe mm-hmm. that these people have your best interests but then like you just brought up that question there are certain things that pop up that just don't fundamentally make sense yeah, why didn't you why didn't why you make didn't that you a do... priority yeah I don't yeah. know interesting stuff uh, all, all uh, topics of discussion here on the show this hour and then how about this one James Corden is speaking out. We talked about the controversy earlier this week. Um, But does he even care? The answer might shock you, and Shar has that story for you and what's popping at the end of the hour. James Corden, I don't, it's always interesting to me when like celebrities who have like a flawless record and they're known for like their kindness. Hi, Ellen. Right? That's the first name that came to came to mind. <laughs> they build an entire career off of being super kind, mm-hmm. and then it could be that it, with her it was a pattern. Yeah. With him, it sounds like it was one bad day, or maybe it is because <clears throat> we both work in this industry, but, and there's is, a lot yep. of behind the scenes talk that's not made public. Or is it just the bad with day people's that, behavior. that went viral? Yeah, who knows? Well, right now is time for some news on the beat. Let's get into it. According to a 2020 report conducted by the U.S. Government Accountability Office, every $100 increase and every $100 increase in median rent is associated with a 9% increase in the estimated homelessness rates. Uh, this situation disproportionately affects the LGBTQ community, in which 17% of queer adults have experienced lifetime homelessness, more than twice what was found in a general population study. Here in L.A., the biggest factor for people becoming homeless is the cost of rent. Uh, This is according to L.A. City Council candidates whose district includes the East Side Queer Enclave of Silver Lake. A full 60% of people who cite the reason for becoming homeless is because they can't afford rent. 60%. Yeah, we're being priced out. Mm -hmm. I'm someone who just was looking for apartments because I was... I was interested in moving. They're and I'm insane. like, there's nowhere for me to go with the with, with these prices right now. My husband and I do well, and we're like, nope, we're staying here. And it's wild because anywhere else in the country, we'd own a home right now. Oh, God, yeah. With the income we both have, we'd be fine. Yeah. Here, we can't upgrade our apartments. Nope. Because everything, like the cheapest apartments that are like in our area, mm-hmm. that are in uh, proxim- like proximity to us and the, the right size, because mm-hmm. we have a dog and we want a certain amount of space, $4,500 bare minimum yep for these i'm like what on earth and i found i was finding places because right now i live on a main street in a nice neighborhood in a one-bedroom apartment with tall ceilings i'm finding places that have less square footage of course lower ceilings side streets and questionable uh areas and they're fifteen hundred dollars more than my current rent and i'm like i can't go anywhere yep and we have and and also we have a homeless encampment right outside of our home like and they've been there for like a year and a half and they keep building and building and building on this on the curb listen they gotta they gotta find somewhere to live too so if they build their own neighborhood i get that so what's the solution that's the tricky part like what's the solution you can't start pulling people off the streets well i guess Caruso or Bass will find out what what they have to say, what they have to do.
I'm, I'm team Karen Bass all day, but then I saw, I saw the stuff of her speaking at Scientology that I'm like, I don't know, it makes me nervous now. So I don't, I'll vote for her. But she talked about that. Rewatch the KNX debate that I moderated three weeks did. ago. She addresses did. it, and it's good. She had a good answer, to, in my opinion. Also, a major victory for Kevin Spacey. We're going to get to that a little bit later on in the show. We are aware of the story, though. Uh, mixed emotions about this one. Definitely. Right now, though, it's time for some weather. High of 64 in Boston today, 72 in Chicago, 80 in Miami, 88 in Michaela's home city of Las Vegas, 80 degrees here in Los Angeles, and a high of 94 in Cat City. Meow. I love saying that. I what is why. Cat City? Cathedral City. Oh. It's in the Coachella Valley. Oh, the Coachella. The one thing that I got from our former producer that I have kept is Cat City. He called it Cap- Cat City all the time. Okay, I love that. I've erased everything else from my memory. Do they have cats there? Probably. Feral cats running all over the place like Europe? Can you imagine there's all over the place? (laughs) (laughs) What's the vibe? The vibe of the day, again, is brought to you in the name of Oprah Winfrey, because I've been doing a lot of work with uh, the OWN Network lately. Oprah says, everybody has a calling, and your real job in life is to figure out as soon as possible what that is, who you were meant to be, and to begin to honor that in the best way possible for yourself. I live for that, Oprah. Oh, yes. Now, a conversation we've been having on The Morning Beat for years now is the FDA's strict regulations on uh, donating blood. If you're a male who has had sex with another male in the last uh, whatever period of time, it used to be much longer. They've shortened it, but they still there still is a regulation there and how it's kind of problematic. Right. Uh, since the HIV and AIDS epidemic of the 1980s, we have a lot more information. We know how to test better now, and it feels a little bit discriminatory. Well, one man is sharing his story, uh, and this is really interesting. His name is Trayvon Roach Carter, uh, who'd been waiting to donate sperm for nearly two years here in California. Right. And he goes and and finds out that maybe this industry is also a little bit discriminatory as well. And here to talk to us about uh, the actual uh, issue at hand and what the policy actually is, is Amber Ferguson, who's a senior video, uh, video editor on the Metro desk at the Washington Post. Amber, Amber, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Well, let's talk about this. Uh, this young man brings up a really interesting point. Uh, apparently... Uh, the day after providing his semen sample, he received a rejection email, and the reason was he checked a box for being gay. Uh, mm-hmm. And the FDA uh, the regulations prohibit uh, anonymous sperm donors uh, from being men who have had sex with men in the last five years. Mm-hmm. What is the thinking behind that policy? Yeah, so I spoke to the FDA um, representative about this, and she said that these donors are still at high risk and that the FDA believes that overlapping safeguards should still be in place for anonymous semen donations. And she gave an example of, say, a donor, um, say an applicant got infected with HIV on a Friday, and then he went to donate on a Monday. It wouldn't show up on a test, but he would still be infected. But the issue is that could happen with, you know, almost anything. (laughs) So what doesn't make sense is this young man, Trayvon, he, you know, he tried to donate a couple times and he wanted to help out families in need. And so yesterday I wrote two stories and was one was about the severe shortage of black sperm donors. And he knew there was a shortage of black sperm donors. So he was like, I'm just trying to help. And then he gets this rejection letter and he talked about how unworthy he felt mm. because he's like, man, I'm not even like worthy to procreate. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things that is very, very just jarring because as AJ mentioned, you know, uh, with the the history of blood donations, and you know, and I, I had no idea this was happening Either with, did I. with sperm banks. Now, um, also it's mentioned that like some of the process <laughs> inquires a psychological exam, oh, yeah. a three-generation family medical history, criminal mm-hmm. background checks, genetic screenings, and semen analysis. Mm-hmm. Men between the ages of 18 and 39 donate and it's recommended that they're at least five foot seven. That part makes sense. Why, Because I'm six five and I love it. <laughs> Do so these- I will say for Asian donors, I think they told me they would go down to five foot five. But really, they actually really want donors who are at least like five twelve. It sounds foot. like Like eugenics. five seven is a minimum. I just love that you said five twelve. That was amazing. I've never heard anybody say that in my whole life. Oh, this sounds- sorry. <laughs> This well, sounds like eugenics. Like it, it, it can get into some yeah. dangerous territory well, as a whole. It's interesting though that you bring up Asian men because uh, be, after white men, the largest donor group is Asian men, and it's a pretty high number. Uh, it's, it's huge. However, on the flip side of this, according to the Washington Post, uh, black sperm donors represent less than two percent of all sperm donors. So, in this community in particular, you know, if you're looking for a black sperm donor, where do you go? What do you do? So this puts black women who are single or in same-sex relationships into a really difficult position. So because there's such a shortage, and it's really like 1.6 or 1.7 percent, they wouldn't let me put decimal points in the story. That's why it's less than 2 percent. So 2 percent is rounding up and being generous. It is actually rounding up. Um, And we tracked the data for months. And like to give an example, out of more than 750 donors, only 12 are black. And wow. so this means women and also men who experience male factor infertility, they basically are being forced to choose a donor of another race, which means they are being really forced to have a biracial kid, or they have to go to these underground Facebook apps and online groups to find a black donor. And that can be really dangerous and really risky in terms of their health, financial mm-hmm. and legal risk that they were taking. Now, wow. we mentioned earlier, you know, as statistics continue to change and as just as easily as a gay person can, you know, maybe contract things, so can a straight person mm-hmm. or anyone else, you know, pretty much. I'm interested in knowing, do we see a change happening? I see that this conversation, thank you for bringing it to the forefront in your writing. Do we see any type of, you know, pushback as far as like the conversation progressing to, to change some of this stuff? So I did ask the FDA this exact question and no. They said if we revise anything, we will let the cryobanks know. Um, and they're pretty adamant about that. And so this provision, actually, this ban came out in 2005, which really surprised me. I wow. thought the ban would have been from the 80s or 90s. Yeah. Um, but 2005 was like, you know, it was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And like, it just shocked me. And the thing was, I didn't know this um, until one cryobank well, a few cryo banks told me, you know, we're so LGBTQ friendly. Most of the people who use sperm banks are lesbian women, yet we cannot take sperm from gay men. Mm. And so what I learned is that one cryo bank in California, actually, they eliminate and they have to eliminate 10% of their applicants just because they checked off that box that, you know, that they're gay. Wow. 
That is so unfortunate. Thank you so much for this reporting, though. Just also keep in mind, though, 2005 was right after George W. Bush won re-election, and he mm -hmm. ran on a sanctity of marriage. So you got to put yourself in the mindset of 2005, and we were very much fighting for our rights. We weren't allowed to get married yet. It wasn't even on the on the, on the ballot here in California until 2008, I believe. Um, so times are changing quickly, not quickly enough. Uh, for everyone, though, Amber Ferguson uh, from The Washington Post, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you so much. I am American, American, American. It's time to talk politics. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q here on The Morning Beat. The midterms are getting closer and closer, and it has never been more clear uh, what, our, what our choices are. Republicans have made it very, very clear that if they win uh, back control of Congress, that they are going to establish a, a national don't say gay bill, essentially. Uh, and and Joe Biden is saying, listen, give me two more senators, hold on to the House, and I'll codify women's rights, abortion rights. So very, very clear messages coming out. Uh, one very much for our community and for, for women, and the other very much against sort of everything. So here to help us make sense of it all is Joe Yurkaba, a reporter from NBC Out. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for being here. How are you? Of course. Thank you for having me. Well, let's talk about this. You know, we all, we call it the, the don't say gay bill, right? Uh, which isn't actually the term that's being used for this. But it, for all intents and purposes, it's kind of what it is, right? Sure. Yeah. So this bill um, is really similar to one that we saw out of Florida, um, which is now law called the Parental Rights and Education Bill. And it prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity um, in kindergarten or third grade, um, or it says in ways that are not age appropriate. Um, but this national bill takes that even further. And its name is the Stop the Sexualization of Children Act. And it applies to not just schools, but any federally funded program. So that could mean hospitals, military bases, uh, public libraries, um, really anything that uses federal funding. And it says that um, you uh, can't have any program or event um, for children under 10 that is sexually oriented. And it describes sexually oriented in a really broad way um, that includes any topic involving gender identity, uh, gender dysphoria, sexual orientation, or related subjects like that. So uh, advocates, you know, are really worried about the impacts of that because of how broad this is. Yeah, and I find that with their wording, right, like as you mentioned, stop the sexualization of children. Most people, like to me, that preys on the public's ignorance because people aren't going to investigate that mm -hmm. further. They're going to be like, oh, yes, I agree. We're all groomers. And, yep, yep, yep and, and get rid of that. So I'm so glad that you brought up how broad and how vague, you know, some of the language is in this because it essentially is eliminating all conversation, but they're also trying to play both sides of the fence. Right. Yeah. Um, so the the part that's tricky about this is in the bill, they specifically mention, you know, like sex education programs for children under 10. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about sex education for children under 10, usually you're talking about um, education about what their body parts are called, the fact mm -hmm. that no one should touch them without their permission, what to do if someone does that. Um, and that doesn't even, you know, align with their definition in the bill um, of sexually oriented, which says lewd or, um, you know, inappropriate depiction uh, or description of human genitals. So if that, you know, kind of sex education is barred, then it really isn't, you know, we're not talking about just lewd things. We're talking about any education that has to do with, you know, like mm -hmm. sexual health, sexuality, um, which, you know, could be incredibly, um, could just have impacts uh, in, a, in a variety of ways. 
Well, this is really interesting. One of the co-sponsors of the bill, um, <clears throat> or one of the one of those who signed on for this bill, is Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana, who said uh, described the bill as common sense, and that's really problematic for me. Like it, it, it's such an ignorant thing to say and an arrogant statement to make. Like when it's like when you're arguing to somebody, you're like, "How do you not know that?" It's common sense. Well, maybe it's not common sense to everyone. And what's common sense to the, to Republicans right now is very much not common sense to myself or to Shar who are, you know, members of, of this community and, and, and identify the way we identify. And so I guess I'm kind of curious, like, how did we get here, right? And how do we move past this? Because it wasn't that long ago that, like, same-sex marriage all of a sudden became the law of the land, and it seemed like LGBTQ plus rights were, like, on the, on the rise forever. Is this just a backlash situation that we're seeing because we're getting so many rights? Or do you think we're really at risk of just losing them altogether? Sure, yeah. So the idea that this is a backlash to marriage equality, I think sort of, that's a small part of it, right? But I think that it's important to know that um, sort of limiting of rights for trans people in particular has been happening for years. You know, I specifically think of 2016 when we saw North Carolina's bathroom bill, Mm -hmm. um, and this has just been escalating. Um, And now you're seeing, you know, the restrictions on gender affirming care for transgender minors and bills like um, the parental rights bill in, in Florida. So this has been sort of a trend that's been happening for years now. Um, and I think it's it really has more to do with a total rejection of anything outside of the norm of, um, you know, cisgender heterosexual society rather than a backlash to marriage equality in particular. Mm, well, listen, I'm uh, the, the norm. What is the norm? The norm is boring to me. And if you can't figure out that we're all individuals uh, and we all deserve to live in peace and, and find love and like live out our lives the way we choose, then you're not. It's, I just don't get it. I it, don't. And, it, and it's one of those things really quickly because I know we have to go. I could see how they don't realize how they're essentially shooting themselves in the foot, because if you eliminate all discussions, that means not even cisgender heterosexual mm-hmm. discussions can be can be had. Mm. If you eliminate it all. Well, we could have this discussion all day, every day. Thank you, Joe Yurkaba uh, from NBC Out for joining us to have this uh, very, very important discussion. Thank you for having me. What a week for James Corden. Woo! How quickly they fall sometimes. Uh, and there's an update, actually, on his ongoing feud with the New York City restaurant. And yeah. Char Jossel has the details. What's popping? Okay, so you know Balthazar, the restaurant in mm-hmm. New York. We know, we've know we been following all week how they said that James threw a tantrum. Wasn't it over an omelet? An omelet, yes. It was like, and it yeah. was supposed to come with then the side salad and it came omelet, with home yeah. fries. Mm-hmm. Well, James Corden is not, he doesn't have any sweat on his brow about it. He said, I haven't done anything wrong on any level. That's what he told the New York Times recently. So why would I ever cancel this interview? Because he was, you know, sitting down with them. I was there. I get it. I feel so zen about the whole thing because I think it's so silly. I just think it's beneath all of us. It's Mm. beneath you. It's certainly beneath your publication is what he told them. And to me, this sounds like a classic PR spin, which, you know, he didn't really even have to publicly comment on this with the way that the 24-hour news cycle goes. But I think that even this comment, it's like the stain is there. This comment does not erase anything, but hopefully it will... This whole incident in Hullabaloo will inspire him to be hyper-conscious of his behavior and to do and be better if he wants to protect his reputation. Well, it's interesting because the the owner of the restaurant had called him a tiny cretin of a man on social media, on Instagram the other day. And then he said he was the most abusive customer in the restaurant's 25-year history. Woo! 
That's not saying he had a bad day. He's saying he's the most abusive yeah. customer ever. But I, I could see. Well, I don't. I could see James Corden being nasty. I'll put it that way. Well, it's always those really nice ones, those really sweet ones. And the accent throws you off. Isn't he British? Yeah, so it seems like he's supposed to be nice. Like, have good manners and stuff. Yeah. I will say this, though. As somebody who worked in a restaurant for many, many years, um, I'm always super, super kind to servers just because, and bartenders, because I know what it's like. Yeah. I did it for so long. My husband, when we first got together, even though he was a server... He wasn't unkind, but he would like he wouldn't make eye contact. Oftentimes, he would kind oh, of no. talk at, and I would be like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, you gotta stop that. You know better. You're a server." He's like, I "What?" Always, but t- he never he never meant anything by it. But that's just what it was. Yeah. I always greet servers by their name. I, to let you know that not only do I know your name, but I feel like I get better service when I sit down and I say, "Hello, Ashley." Yeah. But anywhere, I, if you treat somebody like a human. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But what I will say, you know, to play devil's advocate with this Corden situation, people have different food allergies, and the the person, the server, messed up the order twice. Twice. To so, be fair, I mean, and it was I, his, it I, was his I, wife's order. Yeah. Now we saw what what happened when when Jada was upset. What Will did. Yeah. So maybe by comparison, James Corden defending the honor gu- of his wife and her omelet. There was a guy that I dated who who did not like avocado, mm. let, I mean, did not, not like avocado, tomato, or pickle. And one time someone got his sandwich order wrong and I was like, uh... Didn't he say no tomatoes? Did you? Know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it's you, you'd be like, oh, it's okay. It's, remake it. I well, appreciate it. Well, it depends. Yeah. I didn't like capers for the longest, but I love a good lox bagel mm, sandwich. Uh, without a caper? Yeah. I, capers, those little salty balls. What's the point? I didn't, I wasn't a fan of them, but so now good. I am. There you go. You've now grown. I am. Yeah. Different things change. So like I said, in Corden's defense, we don't know his wife if she had any type of allergy. And it's one thing to mess up an order. It's another to mess up an order multiple times. Yeah. But that's still no excuse to be nasty. Yeah, take the home fries. (laughs) T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good morning, Beat. Channel Q. Let me feel you ride it. Turn the lights down low. I don't think I ever listened to the lyrics of that song. At 8 a.m.? 
I mean, the best part of waking up. It's got me hot. Okay, so I can't. I have to tell you a story about that off air. It's not one I can tell on morning radio. Okay. But it involves the best part of waking up. Okay. It's not Folgers in your cup, by the way. Mm. Just in case you're wondering, I'll tell you that secretly, Char, Uh, or I'll get canceled and never work again. Uh, We have a great hour coming up for you here on the morning beat. Um, We're talking about tipping. Should flight attendants get tips? I'm taking a quick uh, trip this weekend. I'm flying home for a couple days. Uh, do I, I need to tip my... Why, I don't see why not. Sure, I swear to God. I'm so tired of tipping people. Like, And I worked for tips for many, many, many years. I was a server and a bartender. I got it. Like that's that's we. I made $2.13 an hour, so I required tips. During this pandemic, yeah. I've tipped more people for more things. Like even like everything from like going to like a nurse and getting like a facial requires tipping now and not just a the tip only, it's like a only, $50 tip only time I have issues with tipping is when I go you know to the coffee shops and stuff and you so, punch in my order on that iPad and flip that iPad around for a tip no well, if, if I'm not giving you a tip if they're also the barista then yes because then they have to go make the coffee right but typically they're not well, servers don't make your food. They just walk it out. I know, but to me, that's different okay. than you standing at an iPad, punching in my order, and then you flip it around, and you know how they do it. Do you mind signing here? You know what screen that is. How about your And ha- I'm certainly not giving you no 50% that's tip. That's fair. How about your hairstylist? Oh, yes. De- oh, definitely. Uber driver. Yep. Really? Tip them all. Tip them all. I'll give them like a dollar or two. Because remember Uber when it first came There's out, still a tip. there was no tip on there. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. And now that it's there, I'm like, oh, I'll give them a couple bucks. Yeah, I, I give it. If I have it, I definitely believe in paying it forward because I know it'll come back to me in other ways. Well, but that's not always the motivation. But, you know, people are also out here struggling and hurting. And, yeah. Well, you know? Kaylee Cuoco is sparking debate on this topic. We're going to talk about it later <laughs> on this hour. Not Haley Kyoko. Kaylee Cuoco. Which we've talked about. Both on I, our show today. Those names are, are they they trip me up. Yeah, they do trip me up too. Um, but she's the star of The Flight Attendant. and Which uh, is not a good show. Oh my God, I'm obsessed with every single thing about it. It feels like they... Phenomenal. It, it feels to me like they pitched the pilot. The pilot's really good. And then... Oh no. They, they didn't have the episode two through 10 or whatever, two through eight written out. Because it the way that it ended did not make sense to me. But that pilot, the flight attendant has one of the best pilots I've ever seen. You've lost it's your, just the series as a whole. Mind. No, the series Have you watched the last whole. season? Or you only watched the first one? I've only watched the first one. I, I didn't want to go back to the next no, one. No, season two, she deserves all the Emmys. Okay. All the Emmys. I'm the, getting ready for the White Lotus. You know, American Horror Story just came back too. New York City, NYC. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, I but I'm getting ready for the White Lotus and and things like. I that. I haven't watched American Horror Story in years. Well, this one is supposed to be, you know, LGBTQ friendly. Shout out to Quay Tan. Yeah, but a trans actress. I'll be supporting her. I love that. I love that. I love that. You know, also the last time I tried to watch it was American Horror Story. Uh, the 1984. Yes. Yeah, that one. And was that was supposed favorite. to be like have queer. Angelica Ross was in it. Yeah. Gus Kenworthy, and I was like, this is the worst. Worst, worst show I've ever seen. It was was quite horrendous. But I do like American Horror Stories. You Mm. know the shorts where it's like each episode has a different theme. Okay, I love that. That it's fun. It reminds me of Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, they're like we can't flesh out a whole season's worth, so we'll just do a a, a, a standalone (laughs) and be done with it. Apparently, that's what the flight attendant should have done as well, according to Char Mm Jocelle. You heard it here first. Uh, But we do have a great hour coming up, and then also you have a story for us uh, about Yolanda Hadid, um, very famous mother of two of the biggest supermodels in the world, former member of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. David Foster's ex-wife, yes, a former lot of, model herself. A, former, a lot of formers. 
Yolanda, what she's up to now? Uh, you're going to tell us what's popping, so I won't, <laughs> I won't get ahead of myself. Right now, though, it is time for some news on the beat. Kevin Spacey uh, found not liable in Anthony Rapp's $40 million sexual misconduct lawsuit. This is a big victory for Kevin Spacey. A New York jury on Thursday uh, afternoon found him not liable for battery on allegations he picked up actor Anthony Rapp and briefly laid on top of him in a bed Mm, after a party in 1986. Sure is. Jurors deliberated for about an hour and concluded Rapp did not prove that Spacey touched a sexual or intimate part of Rapp. Judge Lewis Kaplan formally dismissed the case. Attorneys seated on either side of Spacey immediately put their hands on his back when the verdict was read. The judge dismissed Rapp's claim of assault before the trial started and dismissed his claim of intentional infliction of emotional distress after Rapp's attorneys rested his case, leaving the jury to decide only the battery claim. Under New York law, battery is touching another person without their consent in a way that a reasonable person would find offensive. I must say that in a lot of the ways that media has reported, this story has been grossly irresponsible and it's not uh, fair, fair to victims. Um, It's definitely been an interesting case. Yes. Definitely been a very, 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 very interesting case. Yes. And I like I I'm also of the mindset like I always stand with the the accusers and the victims and that into like I you want to like believe somebody's innocent until proven guilty, but then also like you want to listen to the accusers because they're not always victims, but they are making an accusation that's very serious. And then how do you? But also with rap, you know, the the challenge comes in with. Yes, you're coming forward about with these accusations today, but I wonder the ways in which the jury deliberated this, or even the judge sounds like a total jerk. By the well, way, well, it was also thirty some like, years ago, right? So, it's hard. so like, how do you prove how that? How do you prove that? How do you? That's before phones. That's before yes. you could so easily document anything. And listen, I'm not I'm not making any excuses for any activities, right? If and, and if Kevin Spacey was problematic then, then he should be held accountable, right? And I think he has been to a degree. Like he's not really working, but he'll. His show feel, got canceled. Yeah, I feel like he'll come back at some cards. point, though, right? Don't they always? Yeah, and that's the frustrating thing. I do think though that like forty million dollars felt like a big number. Like it felt like a big number for somebody laying on top of you inappropriately for a moment thirty years ago. Like forty million dollars yeah. seemed like a but lot. We don't. But you know what? We can't necessarily be judge and jury because we don't know how that affected him. Yeah. Well, the, the judge know? and jury apparently agreed with, yeah. with Kevin Spacey. I'm still scratching my head about this one, but they always come back. That's why I said cancel culture does not exist. It's I a know. it's a timeout. Uh, All yeah, of these yeah, men yeah. come back. Well, let's move on to another man who's going to make a comeback, uh, but he's going to go away to prison for the next four months, apparently. This is just in breaking news. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon has been sentenced to four months in prison for each count, uh, running concurrently. And I hate that one. That means it's all he gets multiple four-year sentences and they make them all happen at the same time. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is all in his uh, contempt of Congress case. The judge also levied a $6,500 fine. That's a joke. The judge said that Bannon would not have to serve the four-month sentence until the appeal of his conviction plays out. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called white privilege. You don't have to go until... And elite privilege. I, you know, just, when you got money. It's just wild. And he he's not even going to serve all of this, probably. I, he probably will never step, step, step foot, foot in a jail into, yeah. cell. And the, and the frustrating thing is, this is why everybody feels like, oh, Donald Trump just gets away with everything. And his, and his surrogates do, too, because they're like, well... 
I can handle that. Yeah. I'll go through a court he case does. and get a slap on the wrist. It's fine. It's they worth it. They need to uh, keep uh, bringing down the hammer on those insurrectionists, though. That I've been enjoying those headlines. Mm-hmm. It's, it's getting <laughs> spicy. Uh, let's talk a little bit of weather. Speaking of our nation's capital, Ohio, 67 in D.C. today, 88 in Austin, 78 in Denver. 62 up in San Francisco, 80 degrees here in Los Angeles, and a high of 93 in Palm Springs. How about a vibe of the day? Vibe of the day is brought to you by Oprah Winfrey because Shark keeps working with own. <laughs> if you're just now tuning in. Uh-huh. Oprah says, breathe, let go, and remind yourself that this very moment is the only one that you know that you have for sure. I love it. Okay, so college tuition is not cheap. And it's not getting any cheaper. I know because I'm 42 years old and I'm still paying off mine. And about a year or so ago, uh, I was looking, um, I was looking at at uh, my, I guess my loans, my student loans, right? Mm-hmm. And I realized that I'd been paying them off for like 15 years, and I still owed the same amount as when I started. Yeah, because the way that interest accumulates, interest. it's right. it's a never-ending hamster wheel of debt. And then get this. Joe Biden puts his two-minute application up online, and I go and I look at it. I make too much money, but I only made too much money the two years that they're. Wait, how do you know? I just filled it out. I didn't even read. If anything. you make over one twenty-five a year in two thousand twenty or two thousand twenty-one, you're not eligible. I'm like, what about the fifteen years before where I made thirty thousand dollars a year? Oh yeah, I didn't what even about read anything. All of those years. So now I'm not eligible because I missed it by a little bit both years. And I can't you should get... still submit. Maybe maybe you'll slip through the cracks. I know. I feel like people do do that. You, yeah, you never PPP know. PPP loans and stuff like that. People Being get forgiven money. and yes. stuff. Yeah. All, all this to say that college is expensive, especially if your parents are not helping you out. But what if the plan was for your parents to help you out and then comes time for you to head off to college and your parents decide they want to spend the money elsewhere? This just actually happened uh, to one person, and and apparently you said that they. What did they actually spend the money on? Do we know what they decided to spend no, the money on? No, I do not know what they. I okay. used an example though of a sex swing. A sex swing was your example. That's, that's my more, that's my guesstimate. It's more salacious. <laughs> but what if what if your parents uh, decide that they don't want to spend their money on you? This is all uh, a post on Am I the a hole? Right. Yes. And this twenty-year-old daughter decided to go back to college after a year off. She said she dropped out of college a few months, saying it wasn't for her. And then the parents said we adamantly advised against it. But she ended up moving in with their boyfriend and started working in his family's restaurant. Okay. So they set uh, a little more than thirty thousand dollars for her tuition. Mm-hmm. But since she dropped out. They decided to use the money for a kitchen remodel. Okay, so not necessarily the the sex swing, but they wanted to listen. Yeah, I don't blame them. Yes, let's get get uh, some new tile up in here well, and a new dishwasher. Wh- here's where it gets dicey, though. The daughter has decided to go back to college because it didn't work out with her boyfriend, and she didn't like any of the other jobs she had following. Obviously, it's hard to get a job without a college education. I get it. Even with one. Well, now, that part. Well, now she's shocked that they used the money. Even though the three of them had discussed it before she dropped out, who's the a-hole? It sounds like neither one of these parties are the a-hole. It sounds like she's learning some very hard lessons, especially (laughs) if her parents gave her the grace of even discussing this with her. But you know what? It sounds like she's learning a lesson in decision-making, you know? Yeah. She made a choice, and unfortunately, these are the consequences that come with that choice. Well, apparently, they're telling her to pick a community college instead of a state state school and get a part-time job to afford to go back to school listen i mean I, I apply for some scholarships i did do that and i had i had very like i had a 
pennies worth of scholarships going into my freshman year. And my parents did say they'd give me X amount of dollars every year to help, and it, it, it didn't do a lot, but it did help. And my sophomore year of college, though, I, I failed out of everything. I came out of the closet midway through that year, and just my life fell apart. My family stopped talking to me. It was just devastating for me. Mm-hmm. And I got my first boyfriend, and just I literally failed every class. Yeah. So my GPA was like one point something. Yeah. Just destroyed my transcripts. And so a couple of years later, two or three years later, when I decided to get back into school um, because the, the guy I was dating then told me I wasn't doing anything with my life. And that was like devastating for me. I really got back into college to save that relationship. I'm not married to him now. It didn't work. But wow. I did go back to college and I went to community college. Yeah. I went to Columbus State Community College. It's the best decision I ever made in my life because I could afford it. Yeah, it was so much cheaper. And then I got my grades high enough that I could transfer to Ohio State. And, and there's always a taboo around community college, and it's it's not bad. But no, you know what? It also speaks smart. to the pressures that we put on 18 year olds to decide on what they want to do for the rest of Listen, their lives. That like, part. Well, that's, you know what? It's interesting you say that because a lot of countries, like in Europe, like usually have like a gap year. Yeah. You get to like go explore and like live your life and mm-hmm. see what you enjoy before yeah. you decide. I went right into college. I had no idea. Same. No same. clue what I wanted. I think I changed majors two times my first year. Three for me within yeah. the first two years. I was a theater major for a little bit. Like, what was I going to do with that? I did theater. I did psychology. I entered school on a on a music scholarship, mm-hmm. actually. And I did not enter journalism, even though I should mention my father was like, you should do journalism because I'd always done it. I was sure. reading the announcements I wrote for the high school paper. I And my dad told me when we took the tour of my university that I should do journalism. And I was like, oh, shut up, old man. I'm doing music. Well, I, yeah, I have a degree in journalism <laughs> and communications. And the reason I got it was because once I finally transferred to the Ohio State University, I was like, OK, all the stuff I've taken already, I have all these credits, all these classes I've taken – what what do, what do they have me closest to? What degree? Oh, so you could get out. So it was yeah. journalism communications. I was like, okay, I can handle that. Yeah, for sure. I've got to figure out how to take four semesters of Spanish, which I barely got through. Oof. Told I that, didn't have to do that. I told that story before. Uh, crystal meth was involved. I did not take any, but it was involved in my Spanish four class. That's how I actually passed the class. Did you blackmail someone? Kind of. Not really, oh. though. But he tried. He offered me crystal meth. And uh-huh. I said, no, thank you, sir. And he was so embarrassed that he gave me A's the rest of the semester. I know that's so, right. Listen, I know that's right. Listen, nobody's the a-hole here. Go to community college. Uh, get a part-time job. Go work at Starbucks. And They'll pay for your college tuition. And she learned a hard lesson, unfortunately. And I'm sure the parents are enjoying their newly remodeled kitchen. Mm. So I've said it. I'm flying home to Ohio this weekend for a quick trip. I'll be back next week. And I, I love flying. I really enjoy it. I, I, There's something about it that as a kid, I think it was sort of so rare. <laughs> Speaking of rare, that song. Uh, it was so rare that it was like a treat when we got to go on an airplane, right? Mm-hmm. And I still kind of, in some ways, feel that way when I get on an airplane. Well, Kaylee Cuoco, who is uh, currently starring in The Flight Attendant, which is so good. I know you didn't like it. You liked the pilot, and then you said it fell off. I will yeah. say this. If you get to season two... Give her all the Emmy, all the nominations. Like she's so phenomenal in season two, uh, and she's really sort of like learned what it is to some degree to play a flight attendant, albeit on a TV show. And TMZ caught up with her recently uh, and asked her about uh, flight attendants. When you catch a flight, do you have an added appreciation for flight attendants having paid, played one? <laughs> yes, actually. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. You show them a bit of love? Yeah, for sure. Because you know, like the ins and outs of what they go through day to day? Yeah, absolutely. Did you study? They deserve tips. They deserve tips? 
Okay, did you hear that last part? She mm-hmm. said they deserve tips. Are we are we tipping flight attendants now too? You know, I'm not opposed to it. Okay. I'm not opposed to it. They got to navigate that narrow aisle mm. with that drink cart and yeah. pass out snacks and, you know, discipline people, you know, who might try to be a part of the Mile High Club. Or, or just be rude because there's, there's like Karens all over flights oh, nowadays. yeah. And insurrectionists. I mean, people used to sneak and give me tips. Yeah. <laughs> now I feel like now I can talk about this. I was never a flight attendant, but I did work at the cosmetics counter. Oh. And so I used to turn them down a lot of the times, like if I gave someone a makeover, or, you know, uh, women who t- typically are more seasoned who might not, like, I don't know, that blush looks like it might be a little too loud. And I'm like, no, it looks like that in the palette, but on your skin. Like I would give people makeovers on, oh, especially during prom season. What, 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 was the, what was the actual policy of your job? Some you're jobs, not allowed yeah, to. Some jobs don't allow you. You're not to. allowed to. When you're at a cosmetics counter, you're not allowed to accept tips. Whether that's Dior, mm. Mac, you're not allowed. Even at Sephora, you're not allowed to accept tips. And so the way so that some of the moms would get ar- around it, like during prom season, is they'd go to like the gourmet candy shop within mm. the mall, and then like bring me candy. You know, it'd be like packaged and stuff. But and people po- used to try to slide me cash tips all the time. Or they slip like a ten inside the candy. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, like little stuff like you know, that. You know how I get away with it? How hey, Venmo. I'm like, oh, hey, can I yeah. see your Venmo? Let me. Because whenever I go, so I have a barber that I go to, and she's great. Her name's Devin, and. She wasn't able to work during a lot of the pandemic because she works for like Floyd's Barbershop, which is like a, a chain out here. Mm-hmm. And the barbers, though, she was the only barber actually who does like face, facial, like bar or like whatever, beards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't allowed to work during the pandemic because you had to wear masks. So only haircuts were allowed. And so when she, when I finally got to go to her again, ever since then, I tip her on Venmo. I don't tip her on my credit card because then she has to claim taxes and she has to like put it through and she doesn't get all of it. So I tip her on Venmo now so she can keep it. And I say, I don't, it's not like, it's not like an expense. It's like a private thing, right? Like a friend giving a friend money. So I do that. Uh, flight attendants, that's interesting because I don't know. I, I don't know. Cause I'm the guy that I love all the free stuff on a plane. Like if there's any snack coming by, I never turn it down. Oh, uh, me neither. I grew up like, I grew up like not with a lot. So when somebody offers me something, even though I'm like, I know I'm paying for this, right? Yeah. Uh, on some level, I paid for it somewhere in my yes. cost of my whatever. But I never pass up a free snack, a free cocktail. I'm always like, yeah, I'll, I'll have a, yes, I'll have a Bloody Mary. I know it's 6 a.m., but why not? Mm, I love uh, a Bloody I do, Mary. You, right? Spicy. Yeah. And I now that I think about it, I am Premier 1K on United, mm-hmm. and I'm Platinum on Delta. Mm-hmm. So I'm like flying sometimes first class or business class. Am I the cheap one? Am I the cheap one who doesn't tip? And I have, I should have no, been. No, I mean, I don't tip flight attendants because, like you said, it comes out of out of the the expense. Flights are very expensive. But they don't get it though. So yeah, that the is corporation's true. making it. That is oh, true. Listen, re- they know what they signed up for. Do people uh, tip us here no, for providing them no. great content during their commute to work? As they should, mm-hmm. but they don't. Good morning, Beat Channel Q. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. Listen, it's always fun when like work and pleasure get to intersect a bit and you and i worked on a project again uh during season three that is premiering tomorrow night oh, yes, uh, we did. this is exciting stuff it is season three of world's funniest animals hosted by elizabeth stanton on the cw uh tomorrow night uh, october 22nd with uh two 30 minute episodes airing back to back nine o'clock eight o'clock central uh super excited to have elizabeth stanton joining us right now elizabeth how are you hi lizzie 
Hi, guys. Happy to be here. Can you believe you've made it to season three? Crazy. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe we've made it to season three. I mean, I feel so lucky. I can't believe that I've done three seasons of just hanging out with my dogs and watching funny animal videos. (laughs) It literally does sound like the dream job. It's just like, yeah, I'm hanging out with my dogs and talking and watching funny videos. I mean, it's basically like what I do at home, too. I go to work and I do the same thing when I get home. Same, same. What has been maybe your favorite moment thus season uh, that viewers will be excited to see? Um, We just have so many cute categories this season. Um, So I'm super excited for you guys to see all of the new videos that we have. I love that we, I mean, there's so many animal videos out there. So I'm so cool that each season there's so many different videos. So I feel like you just never get bored watching them. So it's just so much fun. And we have some great celebrity guests this season. So I'm just so excited for you guys to see it. Well, I, also, well, I mean, you guys have seen it, well, but everybody else has listen, seen it. Listen, listen. Yeah. I've seen my clips. I've seen my episode. And actually, Emil and I, my husband, both appear mm-hmm. in, the, uh, I believe, the premiere episode, one of the two episodes tonight or tomorrow night. Super excited to tune in. I'm actually going to be flying to uh, Columbus, Ohio right after the show. So I'm going to be there this weekend. So I'm going to watch with my family, which is really, really exciting. Oh, fun. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's the best thing about this show is it's just such a great show to watch with the entire family. Yeah. I mean, everybody can relate to it. Everybody has a laugh and it's just so heartwarming and fun. Um, and I just love watching with my family too. I mean, it's so cute. And I get so many calls from like friends and family all over that say that they've seen the show or they saw it on in the gym and they couldn't stop watching it. And it was just so cute and funny. So it just makes me so happy to hear that people it like warms their hearts and I hear that come back and it just makes me happy. Well, I think so too. You know, life has been so heavy lately and out of 2020. And I yeah. think that this is just such a nice distraction it's lighthearted that we can just everybody loves animals and everybody uh loves to have like a laugh mm-hmm. no i totally agree well i know that the premiere night features some hopping horses uh rambunctious rats <laughs> dancing dogs galloping goats howling huskies the word alliteration alone is worth the price okay I mean, con- <laughs> <a tongue-twister. laughs> so so Fun stuff. Uh, have you learned anything about your own pets by hosting the show for three seasons? Like, you see activities, you see them doing something like, oh, they're doing that because of this. I mean, I've learned that they've become total divas, and it's kind of hard to work with them on set unless I bribe them. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably the hair and makeup that's really costing you a fortune to with them. It's just ridiculous the way divas are these days. I know. Ruby's been requesting blowouts more and more often. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You name your dog Ruby, you're asking for a lifetime of just headaches, because that is a diva name if I ever heard one. Ruby and I Hank. know. <laughs> well, we're so excited for the day, the day of view. Tomorrow night, October 22nd, two 30-minute episodes airing back-to-back, 9-8 Central. Lizzie, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, everyone is looking forward to Season 3 of World's Funniest Animals. Tell me something good. How about I kick things off with a little bit of LGBTQ plus history? We're heading back to 1993. Were you even alive yet, Char? In 1983? 93. 93, yeah, I was five. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm an 88 baby. I was a teenager by then. 
My husband was three. <laughs> That's awkward. Okay, uh, we're heading to Yale University. They announced it would begin extending health benefits to the domestic partners of same-sex couples. Universities preceding Yale to make this decision included, included Stanford, Harvard, uh, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, and the University of Chicago. All pretty upper echelon universities were the very first to, to give uh, you know partner benefits to same-sex couples, which is pretty cool. Uh, in 1998... The U.S. Surgeon General David Satcher releases a report with recommendations for suicide prevention. The report recognizes that gay and lesbian youth are at a high-risk group and recommends target prevention efforts. That's wild. Not until 1998 do they think, oh, these little kids might actually be in, in trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, but better late than never, but wow, that's a that's a late year. I was, I was about to graduate high school that year. Wow. 1999. Wow. I was, I was still running around saying, girl power. Go, oh yes, spice, spice up your. <laughs> they were life. on their way out. Of course, that's but when you know the four girls from Houston were singing about bills. Listen, that was ninety nine. Listen, Destiny's Child is all <laughs> is a whole vibe, but like to ever say that that Spice Girls are on their way out, honey, they're still in. They're well, still no, in. But this was you know around I the know. time Jerry quit of and course. all that. Yeah. What do you got for us? So you know we kind of made well I made a joke about this because there's Haley Kiyoko mm-hmm. and then there's Kaylee Kiyoko. Yeah, I, and I know that they're two different She's people. She's the flight attendant. Yes. Yes, the flight yeah. attendant and then the the queer artist. I know they're two different people, but I always <laughs> mix them up. It takes me a second. Well, nevertheless, Haley Kiyoko is releasing a queer young adult novel based on her gay anthem "Girls Like Girls," which was released in 2015. Mm-hmm. So she's officially a quadruple threat: singer, dancer, actor. And now authoress, all those multi hyphenates. Okay. And uh, yeah, the book, like I mentioned, will be, it's modeled after her song and inspired by her song, but she will be telling the story of Coley and Sonia. Oh. So it'll be interesting. I wonder if this will be a series or if this is just like one book. I don't know. It's a, it's a story about messy beginnings and learning to love hard no matter what. I think it's beautiful. Um, it's interesting too that, that, that seven years after the song, it's now a book. Yeah. It's quite a gap. That but, is uh, quite a gap. Again, better late than never. I mean, congratulations to to uh, Haley Cuoco, who I, I interviewed last year. Okay. Yeah. Not Kaylee Cuoco? I thought that's who I was interviewing. <laughs> and then I walked in the room and I said, well, who the hell is this? Oh, no, isn't that the worst? When you have an idea in your head? <laughs> yes. It's so funny, though, because we were just talking about this off air. We went to a taping of the Kelly Clarkson show and the cast of Abbott Elementary, which is like my favorite show. Yeah. They were there. And Miss Queen Cheryl Lee Ralph, uh, she's talking about uh, the episode where she gets everybody's name wrong. Brian Austin Green. Yeah, and she, and she's she's picturing like Tommy she, Lee Jones. Yeah, she's saying like these white actor names, but she's picture, picturing Picture, black actors yes. in her head. She's getting it wrong over and over again, and that is one of them that she got wrong. And it, I, it just it just cracks me up uh, when people do that and and kind of get it wrong. But uh, we got a lot right today. We got more right than we got wrong, Char. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you as always. Um, big weekend coming up. What do you have going on? Anything fun? I'm going to be hanging out. I got stuff to do. Okay. You got some life to catch up on. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much to Elizabeth Stanton. Don't forget to catch um, uh, World's Funniest Animals on the CW tomorrow night. I'm going to be on that episode with my husband. We're in the premiere. Also, thank you so much to Amber Ferguson for stopping by. Uh, and uh, we will see you on Monday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 